Uh, the other one, that I'm, on, that one I'm like, that's got to be Eddie. Well, he follows me on Instagram, and yeah, I'll like repost it there. And, and like, it's yeah, he had to have seen that. There's no chance it's someone else. Definitely, Shang J Lee is not from Taiwan. <laughs> he is definitely not. Um, all right, well, welcome everyone to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball. Again, I really want to stress this to the people at home. We are your only home for Oregon State men's basketball. We are literally the only podcast in existence that solely focuses on Oregon State men's basketball. So if you're here looking for something else, too bad. Sit down, strap in, enjoy the ride. As always, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm here with my friend. Sam here. How are you doing today, Andy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm looking outside. It was sunny just a minute ago. The weather was giving me good vibes, and I'm feeling good going into the weekend. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm full of mixed emotions today. Uh, it's not uncommon for this to be the time of year when Oregon State men's basketball produces a lot of bittersweet feelings, as it were. I mean, I we planned we, to do this Sunday, and uh, you know, I, at the beginning of the week, I thought we'd be talking about a the win over UTSA, and uh, you know, speaking of mixed emotions, that produce plenty in and of itself but um we got a huge recruiting bit of news that kind of blindsided me at least uh when when we signed Xavier Malone Key and, and the, that produces mixed emotions not because I'm not excited about him as a player but I'm upset that I'm more excited about the news that we've signed a transfer point guard than we are about the win on a Wednesday there's a lot to get into, a lot's happened, uh, and we will cover all of it. But first, as always, the Oregon State Fight Song. Uh, all right. It sounds so sweet every time. It's beautiful, and it feels good after a loss. It feels great after a win. Yeah, it sitting back at five hundred uh, in the final week of December. It it just it, it it tastes all the sweeter. It does. It feels good. So we have several things to talk about. Like Sam said, we have a key transfer coming in to potentially save who knows, maybe even this season, but probably next season. We have a win to stop the losing streak, and we have a canceled game. What do you want to cover first? Um. We'll, we'll get through the the UTSA game first. Uh, I mean, most importantly, they won a basketball game. That is the whole point. That is the whole point. That's why we do it. That's why we're fans, because occasionally Oregon State does win basketball games. Shout out to all the haters who say we don't. Right. It happens. We've won as many as we have lost. Um, what, did, what did you think of Tuesday? Did you watch it live? I did watch it live. I have no life. Um, <laughs> so I watched it live. The Beavers beat University of Texas San Antonio 73 to 61. Like Sam said, they improved to three and three on the season. And I just want to throw this little caveat in there. Wayne improves to 96 and 99 at OSU. So he's back to within three games of being 500. Speaking of 500, yes, Wayne Tinkle career record 500 watch is kind of back on, I think, with this win. It's, it's in the realm of possibility for sure. Um, watching it live, I was very uh, distraught, disheartened. 
um, it was not the type of win that gives you a ton of confidence, at least in the first half. It was a terrible, terrible first half to watch. Yes, they they outdid themselves um, from the Portland game in which they also had an a just atrocious first half, and they played somehow even worse against a team that um, I was not very impressed by at all. I, I need to correct myself. I said that I had watched them play against Oklahoma State. That was a Texas Arlington. So I hadn't seen them play before uh, okay. and did not, not come away thinking that they were a good team that the Beavers should have struggled with. And on that note, they had a terrible game. So University of Texas San Antonio, the whole team is built around a guard named Travion Jackson. And he is he is a stud. Or not Travion. Javion. Javion, yeah. Yeah, Javion Jackson. And he is a stud. Like last year, he was second in the entire country in scoring. He averaged 26 a game. And he had probably what is, I don't know, I got to assume to him the worst game of his college career against the Beavers. Yeah, he couldn't couldn't hit a shot, uh, and they had no kind of alternative plan. Like he took, he ended the game with 15, 16 shots, and maybe he started to defer a little bit until uh, the he, final couple of minutes. What what did he end the game like? Three for sixteen. Yeah, so three for eighteen, one for ten Jesus. from three. He had ten points. He kept shooting like he at one point he was literally oh of 14 in the game and was still shooting it was a really similar team build to university in portland and that jv on jackson was like a tiny little like 510 511 guard just like a Ali, who took all these deep threes was just kind of the whole offense ran through him just creating off the dribble but unlike a med he missed everything and like literally i can't stress this enough this was not a normal game from him he was at the end of the game. He was laughing at the free throw line because he was even missing his free throws. He missed he three was, free throws in a row yeah. down the stretch. Yeah, and he literally at one point he misses his third free throw and he just started laughing and he was looking around like, "Is anyone else seeing this?" So that's not his typical game. So no, and that's had a, that's best player had probably the worst game of their career. And I hate to say it, but it like it was absolutely the biggest reason they won. It wasn't any, I mean, Ethan Thompson had 22 points. He played well. He, he you said it in our group chat. He might be the he slowest starting guard in the country that he, I mean, he's yeah. very methodical and he gets his points. He hit some big threes. He made his free throws for the most part. He's fourth done. in the conference in scoring right now. He's fourth in the Pac-12 in scoring with 19 a game. So he gets it done. Right. And, you know, not to be negative about that, because you have to appreciate when you have a team that looks like it might not be that good, that your best player is giving you almost 20 a game and you can rely on offense from one spot. But I really wish they were getting it from elsewhere. Uh, it, it was. Did we mention it was 13-0 to start this game? No, we did. We can bring it up. So, yeah, it was 13-0 to start the game in favor of University of Texas San Antonio. Everyone was missing everything. We didn't score until Jared Lucas hit a three. Uh, the Beavers shot 27% in the first half and end of the half down by four. So they were out-rebounded by 11, which was the most upsetting thing to me because I've tried to imply that that's kind of their calling card. And they've been be out-rebounded uh, by seven in the first half to Portland. Thursday and then Tuesday were out rebounded 27 16 I think to Texas San Antonio in yeah, one they, half. Really, they really did not look good in the second half the Beavers were able to take a hold of the lead just because 
honestly kind of uh, UTSA just ran out of steam. They were having all their role players step up, but they just at the end they just didn't have enough firepower. The Beavers got some points, got some defensive stops. Their starting big was a six eleven kid, kind of skinny, and he was okay, but he got hurt even in, with about ten minutes left, and his backup had some size, but he was not as good as him, and neither one was that impressive. So not only did they have a terrible game from their best player. But the guy they depended on for rebounds and block shots also wasn't there for him. Yeah, it's I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't the most encouraging game. I will say there on on some positive notes, like uh, I think this was the best game that Jared Lucas had. And even though he didn't score or he scored 13 points at six rebounds and three assists, zero turnovers. So he still shot two from six from the field, one for four from three. So he wasn't shooting well at all, but. He but was rebounding. Free throw line. He got to the free throw line. Yeah, he was uh, eight for nine from the free throw line. Um, so I don't know. He he's making plays. He kind of reminds me of Bonton in a similar way, where like he's not turning the ball over a lot just because he's not looking to make that. It's going up. You kind of know what you're getting with him. So I'm kind of more settling into his role. He played the second most amount of minutes on the team, him and Warreth behind Ethan Thompson. So it looks like he's really settling in to be one of our workhorses. So I guess it's good to see him start to contribute in other areas than just pure shooting because that hasn't been there for him so far. And, you, I mean, at this point, it, it seems kind of like a, a foregone conclusion that he's going to get at least 25 minutes. So, yeah, it was nice to see him have an all-around game. I don't know that that's happened yet for him where he's contributed in more ways than one positively. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough to say with him. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, Zach Reichel, just speaking of all-around games, he had a good all-around game. He had uh, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. I will say that both, on your rebounding note, both uh, Reichel and Lucas out-rebounded uh, Warth Altache. Yeah, uh, perfect Altiche. timing. It was the first game that the Pac-12 network had really highlighted the fact that Warth is averaging – almost 10 rebounds a game. I mean, it's less than that now because I think he had, what, three against UTSA? Yeah, he had, um, yeah, three rebounds. So, Which, horribly disappointing. Silva, once again, playing kind of inexplicably. Silva, back to the starter, Wayne. Back Wayne. to the starting lineup after, yeah, Wayne went back to the well after one game. It didn't work. Let's go back to the big fella for a 2.1 rebound an eight minute performance. Yeah. That was surprising to see him so quickly back to the lineup. It was weird to see Wayne be like, you know what our problem was? <laughs> we got to have big Rome out there, not doing the tip to start these games. So yeah, that was a tough game for the Beavers. I mean, they still won um, and it breaks the losing streak. So, uh, but it wasn't an encouraging win. Like we've been talking about anything else you want to touch on from it. Uh, another in general observation, 11 guys playing. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to the substitutions. Julian Franklin will play for like nine straight minutes, which is a lot for a freshman consecutively or for any player really uh, without coming out and, and then not play the rest of the game almost. Um, Andela kind of the same thing. I thought Andela played well. That was probably his, and his numbers weren't great, but he hit two shots in the second half and grab some rebounds when they were giving up a ton of second chances. So it was good to see him play a little bit better. De'Aaron Tucker was okay, I thought. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. Uh, and it was good to see Andela get more run. Um, 
yeah, so looking forward, I guess, do you want to talk? So Oregon State may not be alone this season, definitely not next year. We did manage to land a key transfer player, like you said. Xavier Malone Key is leaving, is it Fairly Dickinson? Uh, yes, I think it's a, it, Fairly Dickinson is, I believe, how it's pronounced. Yeah, F-D-U. Fairly Dickinson. He's a grad transfer. Um, it's hard to know exactly what's going on. Oregon State hasn't mentioned anything about it on their official basketball page. He's not added to the roster. They haven't tweeted anything about it. He on Twitter put that he's committed. And I did read an article from the reporter, which is like a Pennsylvania newspaper from the where area where he went to high school that talked about it in the article. It said that he was planning on coming to Oregon state in May or June, and he was going to sit out the 2020, 21 season. But I'm not sure if they haven't announced that yet because maybe they're trying to get him to play now because the way I understand it, this year is a wash and he could play this year and next year. Players who play this year don't lose eligibility for it. And, I mean, I think we can all agree that the Beavers, as disappointing as they've been in general, their weakness is guard play. So to be able to add a senior who was a really good player at a a quote-unquote mid-major conference um, would be huge. Yeah, he's his mixtape. You watched it. I watched part of it. It's a lot of like step back threes, deep threes. He would add that shooting that looks like the Beavers are desperately needing at least someone to spot up. Just any offensive punch out of the backfield or backcourt would be appreciated at this point. Seems like he's got a good 35 inch vertical or so. I mean, I know that's hard to judge, but he gets above the rim <laughs> and he's he's not that tall. He's six four. Okay, so he is a little bit, which is all, I mean, very exciting to, to have some size in along with quickness and athleticism in the backcourt. I don't know how tall Ethan Thompson is, but... Ethan is, Thompson, I think, is 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six. so they, they would be a tall backcourt. Um, but not he isn't athletic at all. I mean, we talked about but he's just not quick or really that strong or long, and, and this dude appears to be those things. Yeah, and he's and he's more of a scorer. Like he averaged twelve three and two last year at Fairleigh Dickinson, um, so he's definitely more of a scorer than a facilitator. It's honestly kind of I was wondering. I was like, well, I wonder when I was thinking about if he was going to play. It was like, well, I wonder if Thompson's going to come back next year. If this year doesn't count against eligibility, I wonder if we get Thompson back for a fifth year. I would imagine that's a possibility. I mean, at this point, I can't imagine he's a better pro prospect than than Stevie. Right was and we as as all Beaver fans are well aware he is playing in a second tier Italian league. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. We could potentially go to having three strong guards because with Deshaun Davis coming uh, next year too, that'll be a big guard. But if Thompson stays or if Thompson leaves, Deshaun Davis and uh, Malone Key, that's going to be just. Tons of threes, tons and tons of threes, and I think you're going to see Altashay just crashing the board, and that's going to be our whole offense. Yeah, the, the, uh, you can put Lucas or, or Hunt alongside those two guys and have a, a fun three-guard lineup and, and be able to run, and hopefully, if you, dep- I don't know who would be playing alongside Alatiche, but looking ahead, it's exciting. It's true. Sure. Maybe Kalu, maybe Andela. You know, you still get a couple of years, a year with each of those guys. You, you um, just, brought up Kalu. We should mention that he was absolutely atrocious. I am a little concerned that he was drunk against he UTSA. Cut, he cut his hair. It's a, it's tough to play with that with a new haircut. He missed five shots in seven minutes, and I don't know when he was taken out last and didn't return. But I don't. Did he play in the second half? 
Uh, I'm not sure if he did. If it was, it was very sparingly. Yeah, he definitely. That's you definitely saw Andela get way more run than him in the second half. Yeah, uh, he may have started it. I don't think that uh, Silva started the second half. He did come back in at some. Yeah, he point. did come back in. But I think I think it was Tucker that started the second half with Kalu. And, uh, yeah, he maybe made it a couple of minutes. And it just, much like a dude who's a little too drunk, just kind of called it, it seemed like. He he wasn't with it. And he has a tendency to float like we've talked about. So you want to see him because he had a great game against uh, University of Portland, hit a lot of shots and was really involved. So I think he's just going to be one of those players where when it's on, it's on. When it's off, it's like any other Beaver basketball player. Which is so predictable, it's painful almost. I mean, it shouldn't be – that should confuse or surprise you when a guy is that inconsistent for, but it makes sense. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's there's a reason he's ended up at Oregon state from Oak Hill and we can't take him without some <laughs> yeah. nuts. Uh, the list of Oak Hill guys, the Beavers have gotten is, is really, really a sad sight. Is, is it just two? I, think I was going to say, how can you call it a list? Isn't it just two players? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I may have thought that there was a third, but I think that we were just in the running to get a, a third maybe, guy. Maybe Hallis Cook. I think he went to someplace fancy. He went to Hallis Cook played school. for uh, Bob Hurley Senior. Okay. So yeah, he went from that to Craig Robinson. So it's a wonder <laughs> he transferred after a year. Yeah, he was shout to Hallis Cook. He was he was supposed to be another program changing recruit. Oh, we loved him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just a, one last note on Xavier Malone key, just cause I think it needs to be said, uh, he had the craziest five school list of a, any transfer that I've seen. I'll just read it out for you. He chose Oregon state over Florida, Georgia, North Texas, and Montana. <laughs> Those were the, the finalists he'd whittled it down to when he put it out on Twitter. <laughs> I am immediately suspicious of what he asked and received to commit to the Beavers. It kind of seems like that's the only common thread possibly between the five schools you just read is that they were all willing to give him what he asked for, whatever it, that may have been. You know what? It's uh, He went to Montana because he thought Wayne was there. He realized he wasn't. He went to Oregon State. He found him. He signed it. And guards know. People coming to Oregon State, they're watching this team and they know, wow, there's going to be a ton of shots to be had next year. I'm trying to get that. I think I can bring the ball up instead of that Jared Lucas dude. Yeah. If you're talented, that's a that's a reasonable thing to think. Yeah. If you're a transfer player, watch Zach Reichel and tell me you don't think you can do his job better. No, that's not a shot at Zach Reichel because he's a great player. But not at all. If you're a transfer player, you don't think immediately that you can do better than the uh, extra from Boy Meets World. Now, you brought up Ethan staying. I mean, Reichel, I think that there is a chance that – Especially given that dude probably cleans up in Corvallis. And <laughs> what with COVID and everything, I'm sure he's the kind of dude that might want to just get another like degree. Uh, yeah, well, get get that victory lap year in, play one more year, but also get back to those townhouse parties that I'm sure <laughs> he's a fixture at. Oh, he, I'm sure he's uh, running wild. He's. I wouldn't mind if Reichel came back. He's a good shooter. He's turned into a better shooter. He's turned into a really good playmaker this year. Like he's a really solid passer. He's a good defender. And even if Jackson did make him fall down in the game, I should say that the point guard for UTSA literally made him fall down at the end of the game. Thankfully, missed uh, 
Or was that the one one of the only shots he did make was after he made Reichel literally fall over? No, he missed the that was one no, he missed that. He'd made a shot before and he was like, Okay, it's back. He made Zach Reichel fall over and then he missed it and he was like, I don't even know why I bother. And just as soon as he laughing. made that one, he, he hit a three to cut it to to five with a little over two minutes left, and I was genuinely terrified that he was gonna hit two more. And he, he, maybe he would have, but you wouldn't know because his team refused to pass him the ball. He was just running around with his hands out, and his team was like, dude, you're two for 17. Like, yeah. Let me take this shot. Yeah, it was not a likable team. I'm going One other real quick UTSA observation I made. It's the first team whose coaching staff all was wearing suits that I've Definitely. seen. I've noticed that, too. I think they're the first coaching staff I've seen pro or NCAA to wear suits. And as we've both been assistant coaches, I got to think at least one was just outvoted and <laughs> just thinks it's really stupid and is pissed about it. Yeah. So shout out to that assistant coach who's suffering in silence. But just dressed UTSA to the nines to lose to the Beavers. <laughs> um, so looking ahead, the Beavers. So USC was supposed to be played on Sunday. It was canceled because of a COVID uh kind of scare or a positive case i'm not sure which one at the usc program so they're stepping back it's being postponed no one's sure when it's going to be rescheduled really starting to feel like the ncaa should just start keeping track of who has the covid case and calling it a loss at this point that's a great that's probably the only way the beavers get to the tourney at this point yeah i mean even going back to the fall like the beavers have have done one of the best jobs of any school of limiting COVID cases. Definitely. Uh, they The football team finally had a little bit of it uh, the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, exactly. If you're, you know, you should be rewarded for that. And uh, and the, the Ken Palm, right? we're going to talk about Ken Palm rankings in a second, but that sh- they should con- configure that into it. Yeah, that's got to be a stat. Like virus safety, put that into a percentage, throw that in the Ken Palm rankings. So uh, no update so far on when the USC game will be rescheduled, but right now it is said to be rescheduled. So that means the Beavers' last non-conference game and the last game they'll play of the 2020 year is versus Santa Clara at Oregon State on December 23rd at 12 o'clock. Sam, do you have any predictions for this game? I am not looking forward to it. I love myself a little early afternoon Beaver basketball. I am human. Blood does pump through my veins, so I'll of be course. watching it. I'll be excited. I'll be in in the holiday spirit as as much as I can be for it. But um, Santa Clara is undefeated. The west, the top of the West Coast Conference has gotten really, really good. This was a game they added uh, after playing Northwest, if I'm not mistaken. So at that yeah. time, I was all about it, and now I. I'm not going to say that I know a ton about them, but they're having a successful season, and that alone is enough for me to be concerned about it. But yeah, what I will say is it is a chance to help the Ken Palm ranking. It is. It's a uh, they, they are having a great start to the season. They're 6-0, and like you said. They play, uh, I think it's the Long Beach State maybe tonight. I can't remember. They play another uh, small California school tonight. Um, so they'll potentially be 6-1, and but probably 7-0. and um, it's the eighth best start in their program history. <laughs> Just for a little background on them, last year they finished twenty and thirteen, which was the uh, their first twenty one finish in seven years. From that team, they bring back four starters and seven of their top nine scores, including a preseason All WCC forward. So yeah, they they had some high expectations going into the season, uh, so reasonably so, and it sounds like they're 
playing well. This, yeah, they're playing well. This isn't going to be a cupcake win. This isn't going to be like, uh, I think it could be, if it is a win, it's a good win. I think that's what the message to get across for Oregon State fans. It's an attainable win. And if it's, a, and if they do pull it off, it's a good sign. Yeah. And I mean, it, hopefully Xavier Malone Key is there. I mean, this isn't for another almost a week, a little less than a week out. Why not give him it's, 10, it's 15 in five days? days. <laughs> it's in five days. Okay. Well. <laughs> Still, I, I, I do think that he Xavier, could... get out here and save the program, dude. <laughs> yes, maybe we are putting a little bit too much on a guy who averaged 12 points a game for Fairly Dickinson last season, but his highlight tape, Beaver fans, is really cool. Check it out. It's a, it's a big recommendation. Um, do you think, and this is, Beavers are going in as underdogs, because right now, University of Santa Clara is ranked, according to Ken Palm, 117th in the country. So they're top 120. Wow. Oregon, or, Oregon State is 130th right now. Uh-huh. And that's with the that's with the victory recent uh the recent victory factored in. So we are going in as underdogs. So I want Beaver Nation to keep that in mind when they're watching us play Santa Clara. Again, do your superstitions. I ate a box of Cheez Its during this last Oregon State game because I know that orange food gives the Beavers more chance of success. You guys do what you do Classic. out there. Classic. Yeah, I I, uh, I had some Cheetos. There you it's, go. That's so funny that you would say that. <laughs> you got to. You got, If you eat orange food, it gives the bees a chance. That's one right. thing I've seen in pretty much every tailgate. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love uh, when, when people get really into it and they make food that isn't typically orange, orange, <laughs> whatever the, the case. What's the thing you've seen like that? Oh, um, probably the sponge cake, because I, I would stay away from most of it, but I'll have a piece <laughs> of that orange cake. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, so looking at, uh, just speaking about Ken Palm and Beavers being ranked 130th in country, let's go into some Ken Palm ponderings. So to start this off, I want you to ask yourself and, and tell me, what do you think the lowest ranked team in the Pac-12 is? Uh, I... I is it Cal? I don't want to guess the Beavers, but I, I think deep down I'm very afraid of the answer to this. So you are partially correct because Cal is worse than the Beavers. The Beavers are the right. third lowest ranked team in the Pac-12 at 130th. Cal is 135. What is the worst ranked team in the Pac-12? Is it Washington? It is not Washington, but you're close. It's Washington State at 149 somehow. That's you know, I don't need to – this is a Beaver podcast. We all know that. I'm not trying to give any Cougar love, but I'd be a little insulted if I was Kyle Smith and his staff. and Because and, the, they're 5-0, and oh, right? They're 5-0. and oh. They're 5-0, and oh and, they're, and they beat the Beavers, and we're somehow still ranked above them according to Ken Palm's algorithm. See, okay, yeah, I mean, we're Ken Palm guys. You were saying before we started recording you might start subscribing to the Ken Palm website, but this <laughs> – Putting his rankings under a microscope like this is not making them look good. They're crazy, and that's why I love the website so much, because it's one of the few things that I can point to that gives Oregon State some semblance of uh, success, but it's also not sturdy ground. No, and I, I wonder how hard uh, Ken Pomeroy would defend that ranking, that <laughs> if he could would passionately kind of explain or well actually people as to why the beavers are better 
than I'm Washington sure State. I'm sure he gets mad when people go past like the 70th team in the country. He's like, stop looking at those. But that's neither here nor <laughs> yeah. there. That's just to include everybody. Right, yeah. <laughs> he probably doesn't appreciate his rankings being dissected at the, like this. It's like that list of a thousand, the thousand best comedians in America uh, that gets released. It's just like a bunch of random names of people. Right. Shout out to all our listeners that know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and um, especially the ones that don't get that that thing is a joke. <laughs> um, all right. No, so I don't think none of those people listen to this podcast. No, they don't. We've got 51 listeners. And I got to say that most of them are Beaver fans. And after they hear that, it's probably down to 48. But to the 48 <laughs> stay with us, I promise you, this is basketball focused. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's do some Ken Palm ponderings. You tell me if you think this team is ranked better or worse than Oregon State. I am still staggered that the Beavers are 15 spots ahead of Washington State. I'm sorry. 19 spots. We're 130. Wow, We're 149. That's crazy. Oh, excellent. Well, let's yeah, let's get into it. All right, Montana, Wayne's old home and possibly future destination if this season doesn't go well. Yeah, I think there's a great chance that Coach Tinkle finds himself man in the sideline for Montana again in the near future. But um, I'm going to say they have a better one. Did they, they ended up beating Washington the other night, correct? They, I know they were up double digits at halftime. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but they have a worse ranking than Oregon State. They are 150th right. in the country. They're 2-4. and four. Okay, so it's not even a good Montana team. And the big sky, I forget, doesn't get the love that, that some of those other mid-major conferences and in this part of the country do they don't um all right what about this one winthrop winthrop's has got to be better right yeah they're uh, i thought the name would throw you because everyone does but if you watch college basketball you know winthrop is usually pretty good they're a borderline tourney team most years yeah they're better they're 111th in the team in the country i would have even guessed higher because yeah winthrop is is always like a 20 win team which and i know they're not playing the level of talent the beavers are but at some point winning like weighs out over being a power five team definitely and to especially to ken palm <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting the way they value winning games it's what's dumb um all right and our old bellwether yale is it what is, is yale basketball ranked better or worse than Oregon State. They were 99th in the country at uh, check despite not playing any games and foregoing their season. They were they were our uh, in, you know on our our vision board for they were, a while yeah. there at 99. I'm going to say they're worse now. They're not playing games. Um they're still better than Oregon State. <laughs> oh. They, they are moving down the Kempom ranking. They are 101. So they've moved down a couple spots. They're no longer a top 100 team. Eventually, not playing will move you out of the top hundreds to Kenpa. It's not happening quick enough. And again, like pointing out how steadily Yale is holding firm on a top hundred and five spot, it really, really is showcasing the flaws of these Ken Bomb <laughs> rankings. Um, and this is how you know there's the flaw. I'll give you. You're pointing out some of the flaws. I'll give you the top one. Okay, University of Oregon. Uh, they're they've got to be much better than the Beavers. They're better. They're 23rd in the country, according to Ken Palm. They're the highest ranked team in the Pac-12, according to Ken Palm. And that's a red flag to me. I, well, I agree. I mean, I don't like hearing it. I'll, I'll admit as much for any reason at all. But I, I haven't watched them play a ton. I know they had some games against good teams canceled. 
they didn't look like world beaters against Florida A&M, who had maybe the fattest college basketball player I've ever seen, by the way. Shout out to Josh Smith, the true fattest college basketball player of yeah, all. Yeah, that dude is a hero. But um, not all that great. Probably shouldn't have been getting and ones against the Ducks. Yeah. But I, I, I know they're talented. They've got a lot of stud athletes on their team. I will give them that. It's a typical Duck team where it's a bunch of six, seven guys who could jump out of the building. Yeah, and they're they're a little younger than they've been in in recent years, but I guess this is a really good year to be have a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. Definitely. All right, uh, University of Portland. They're they're worse. They are worse. They're two hundred and sixty second in the country. So they moved up about twenty spots by beating the Beavers. I yeah. watched them play against College of Idaho in. Not quite sweated out, but really, like, College of Idaho belonged on the... They've played so many NAIA teams. <laughs> Those, I've got to think when you play that many, it's tough to climb the Ken Palm rankings. Yeah, definitely. And it should be. So, it really made me... Like, Ali did not play as well. He wasn't out of his mind the way he was against the Beavers, but it really did highlight how embarrassing losing to that team is. Yeah, it's tough. All right, and the last one, Boston College. I see. I, I think you're trying to use the name to flip me. I'm going to say they're worse. No, they're they're better. They are okay. the hundredth best team in the country, despite being one and five. That's truly, truly upsetting. So I feel like Ken Palm has like a recency bias <laughs> to it, or like it, it factors the name in a little I bit. I've got to subscribe, and I think you have to pay them a subscription to really dig into what the algorithm looks like. But I, I might do it because, yeah, it's it's kind of getting into my head. It's becoming my favorite pastime to just dig through Ken Palm. <laughs> Send Andy um, money on Venmo so that these Ken Palm ponderings can get get further delved into, and we can really hash this out. Because right now, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words with some of these. Yeah, there. It's hard to play. It's a great game. Um. All right. Well. Moving on, I guess, uh, to shout-outs. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give on our way out? Yeah, so we have a listener in Taiwan, and um, we've had some other ones from interesting places, and it's fun to speculate on who it might be. But in this case, I think we're both pretty confident that that's Eddie Sue, a, a Portland comic who is living again in Taiwan, where, where he is from. So thank you for listening, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. There's almost zero chance you made it through an entire basketball podcast about Oregon State to hear this shout out. But thank you for clicking on it for 20 or 30 seconds. We appreciate the number. And um, if it's not, Eddie, let us know. If it's yeah, someone put a review else down there. Taiwan, give us one. Yeah, leave us a review. Even if we it is you, Eddie, give us a review. Yeah, and on that note, um, we got a new rating. Not a new review, but we're up to seven ratings. So that's better than the Believe in Pac-12 Network, which is my new <laughs> my new marker of success. That's the other, yeah. The, <laughs> if there was a Ken Palm for podcasts, we would be in the top 130. And oh. uh, the Believe would be around the 150 mark, like Washington State. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, but shout out to everyone who listened to this. Please leave a review or a rating, or don't do it. Who cares? We do it for you. We love Oregon State basketball. We hate the Ducks so very much. Yes. Welcome, Xavier Malone Key. He gave our – oh, yeah, we have a Twitter at Years Peyton. We're all uh, all post when we have new episodes, and Xavier Malone Key retweeted it, so, so maybe oh. he's a new listener as well. Let's go, Xavier. Welcome to the family. Can't wait to see you shoot a bunch.
All right, we are just always, kidding. Yeah, we're not we're not upset about anything. You made a great choice picking Corvallis. Yeah, we love you. We love you already. Um, as always, go beefs forever and fuck the ducks. Fuck the ducks. <laughs>